from Star Studios in Denison, Texas, this is Coffee with a Sign Painter, a weekly podcast hosted by sign painter Sean Starr that consists of interviews with other sign painters and some of the customers and characters Sean comes across while running his studio. Hello, welcome back to Coffee with a Sign Painter. Uh, this week's episode, I'm talking with uh, Clark Vogler from the Toadies. Uh, the Toadies uh, reached out to me last year and asked me if I would be willing to uh, create an original piece that could serve as the cover art of their next album, and so that's what I did. And uh, the album comes out September 19th of 2015. It's called Heretics, and... Um, so this is my conversation with Clark on how some of that came about and uh, some weird little things that uh, uh, that came up with uh, our paths crossing years ago and not knowing it until now. And um, So interesting little interview, and um, for those of you that are Toadies fans, this should be a nice treat. So uh, here we go. This is my interview with Clark from the Toadies. So you're up in Michigan, huh? I'm in Michigan for the day. Okay, I, I you know I was looking at uh, at y'all's concert schedule. It's like holy cow, you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, we we just started the second leg of this tour, and we are out for another like five and a half weeks, I think. Wow. Okay. Straight through. And then you crash and burn, I'm guessing. I get a couple weeks to crash and burn, then we come back to Texas and we do the festival in September. Yeah, yeah, okay, and that that's when you're uh, releasing the the new Heretics album, right? That track comes out in the middle of September, and then we're going to be touring on that. It's a little bit in October, and then uh, November is going to be the real tour for that album. Okay, all right. So what have you been up to besides all of this touring? You know, well, I got, I got uh, 10 days off that ended just a few days ago, and I went back to Guerinville, California, where my girl and I moved, Okay. Uh, about eight months ago, a little small town, and so I it just now warmed up, and so I've spent all week outdoors, like out on the river, swimming or hiking or kayaking. I really had to cram all my summer into like ten days mm, okay. before I come back and get on this bus. Yeah. Wow. So that that's up in Northern California, right? It is about two hours north of San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember you uh, sending me some photos. It looked gorgeous. Oh, that's the most beautiful place I've seen. Yeah, we drove through it once years ago. We're like, we need to come back here and live here. So we have. Very cool. <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about the new album. All right. You know, I, um, as some of the listeners know, I, I was the one who designed and painted the cover art, which I'm that was right. very grateful that you guys uh, thought of me to include me in that. That was a really neat thing to do. I mean, it did, you know, having you on board for this, it, it all kind of fell together just perfectly. And the fact that you were interested and, and, and excited to do it, you told us it was the right way to go. But yeah, so you made this beautiful cover for this album that I feel like, even just visually, sets out, you know, it kind of evokes the, the tone and the feeling of the music on the album for us. Yeah, and, and, um, now that you guys have have released some some teasers with uh, some of the clips from uh, the album, uh, I guess it's okay to reveal that it's more of a 
acoustic type approach to some of your um, classic songs as well as a few new ones in there. Is that the right? Is that right? That's it's completely accurate. You know, it's like on one hand, it's it's quieter than the older Toadies albums, but it's not fully stripped. It's stripped down and kind of dressed up again. Uh, but any way you look at it, it's not big, loud, distorted guitars like the old stuff. So it, 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 to simplify it, it is kind of like an acoustic album. You know, I barely play any guitar on the record. It's lots of piano and electric piano, and there's banjo and mandolin and lots of acoustic guitars and percussion. And it's a much more organic, less loud rock album. How, how do you think, like, hardcore Toadies fans are going to uh, embrace that like I know you guys have been playing a lot of that vibe in some of your live shows um, do, you, do you think that that's gonna uh, I don't know upset some of the hardcore fans you know what I mean that really is the big question mark with this whole album uh, we really don't know it's you know we, we have like you mentioned we have been doing uh, once a year for the last several years we do like kind of an acoustic set in, mm-hmm. in at our festival, and it is kind of stripped down like this with a electric piano, and our singer Baden does play mandolin and acoustic guitars. But the album is kind of like another step further from there because there's lots of other uh, kind of sounds and textures on there that are atypical for a Teddy's record. And you know, when we decided to do it, we just wanted to do it because we enjoyed playing in this setup. It kind of freed us from big loud bar chords through a Marshall half stack. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a whole world of music outside of that parameter. Um, and so it's just kind of fun for us to, to, to you know, to, to play some new sounds and use some new textures and new vibes in our music. And our singer Zayden, you know, I mean, this is kind of a prevailing theory with all of us, but if it's a good, if you have a good song, it will sound good whether or not it's on loud electric guitar or acoustic guitar or piano or whatever if it's a good song it'll translate and so we kind of wanted to put our songs to the test to see if they'll hold up like that yeah um, and I, I think it was jimmy page i read years ago um i think he was he was one who said that um if if you write a, a good song it'll sound great on an acoustic guitar well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's some of his acoustic stuff, but the Mellow or Zeppelin stuff is some of my favorite. Yeah, you know, yeah. It doesn't have to be all big, loud, bluesy chords. Right. Especially since we're all getting, you know, we're getting a little older, you know. Like, <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not in our 20s anymore. We'll leave no. it at that. But, you know, really, the, the, the response of the Toadies uh, audience, per se, is, uh, you know, we're it, remain, it remains to be seen, but uh, we're optimistic that they'll come with us on this whole journey. Well, and I, I think it's awesome that you guys are branching out because I, I think there's a lot of um, bands and, and artists that uh, they're, when they get any kind of success, they're so afraid of stepping out of that box that uh, they just stay in that whole you know thing the rest of their career because they're just so afraid that they're not going to get accepted with anything else. So. You know, hats and off. You, you, hats off to you guys. And yeah, thank you very much. And, and you know, as an artist, I don't think you, you're certainly not growing if you stay within that comfort zone. Uh, I was just reading a few weeks ago. I can't remember who it was, but it was an artist who was saying, if you are not continually pushing outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, then you're never going to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, a lot of bands, maybe their audiences don't want them to grow. You know, a lot of audiences want to hear those songs that. They know from way back, and you know our, our audience may be like that. But we've got 
a little more faith in them, and we hope they will. But uh, yeah, you know, this is kind of the first time for us to really branch out on a record uh-huh. outside of that um, comfort zone. And we we push the sonics and things a little bit, but for the most part, all our records are louder rock records, and so. Uh, it's definitely a change for us, but it's been fun change, welcome change. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm digging the vibe a lot. Um, you know, it, I, you guys provided me with the, uh, the the rough demo before you guys had mastered it all, so I could listen to it when I was doing the design, and I love oh, the cool. vibe. I mean, I really love the uh, the heavy stuff that you guys, you know, got most well known for, but I really like the. The vibe of this record uh i think you, even a little more in some ways nice would you say that um you know when as you were working on the uh, the piece for the cover you feel like you know what your the, the way you heard the music was filtered into the work you, you did oh absolutely and you know there's there there's one song in particular it's not your song but um the the rendition you've done of blondie's heart of glass that just sure. something about the groove that you guys have with that song on this record. Uh, I listened to that song uh, obsessively while I was doing the design <laughs> over and over because it just, I don't know, it just had such a great groove. Cool. Yeah, so. It's kind of a weird song, that one, because when you hear the original, it's all up and kind of disappointing. It sounds like a happy song, but what we realized when we started working on it is, you know, the lyrics are real sad. You know, uh-huh. and we wanted to bring out that kind of part of the song that is maybe kind of hidden underneath this good time vibe in the original. But you know, it's there's some sadness in there as well. Oh yeah, the the twist you guys put on it is very moody and uh, it, it's heavy. I like it a lot. Cool, cool, thanks. So I I know when we when we first started talking, um, one thing that surfaced early on, and I've got a I've got a question you on it is um you you are also a smith slash morrissey fan correct big big smith fan and, and, and a serious morrissey fan too but smith for me you know it's it's in my dna i listened to it so much when i was you know 14 15 16 it'll it always be a part of it isn't, isn't that funny i mean i i've i know a lot of uh artists on many different uh you know different genres and uh, niches but um, you know it seems like so many of us were influenced uh, by the Smiths and by Morrissey um, I don't know why do you think that is I mean for, for those of us that have gone in the path of creative pursuits why do you think they had such a big impact Gosh, I don't know but you know I, I would say that for me like to the, the the reason it uh, it was it was it's a it was a moodier music than most people were playing and during that time mm-hmm. uh, and you know maybe those of us that kind of uh, had introspective tendencies uh, that music really made a good soundtrack for what was going on in our heads and maybe that, I don't know maybe it was that's creative personality type that would that would enjoy those kinds of thoughts and feelings and lyrics and, and vibes. I really don't know, but, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's always been, you know, and it's one of those bands where, you know, maybe your buddies don't all get it, you know, and they might give yeah. you a little bit of flack for it, but uh, nobody can, um, you know, n- nothing really touched me musically during those most important formative years than their music. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's it, it's interesting how universal it is. Um, yeah, the the TV show Psych, that main character Sean, he's always peppering um, Smith and Morrissey either <laughs> lyrics or references throughout the show, and it, it's it's interesting because he. Um, I was looking up some information on him to try and figure out what his deal was, and he grew up down in San Antonio around the same time. So mm. it, I, I think there was like this oasis of like intellectualism and, um, you know, just how bold Morrissey was with just being himself, I think was, sure. was just something that a lot of us attached to and were like, okay, I'm not completely crazy, you know? Uh, it's funny because I think that thing that we attach to is also the thing that put off the non-Smith fans. You know, it really, uh-huh. really polarized people. Yeah. Maybe I like that about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think so. It uh, it drew the line in the sand. That's for sure. It sure did. So, have you? Uh, you're you're obviously the Toadies are like this kind of iconic Texas band. Are are you guys all from Texas? Uh. Now, I grew up in Garland. Our singer, Vaden, grew up in Fort Worth. Our, our bass player, Donnie, grew up in Sherman, which uh-huh. is that where you are now? Yeah, that's just like five minutes south of Denison here. Yeah, yeah, that's where our bass player is from. Uh, now, our drummer grew up in Nebraska, but moved to uh, Corpus Christi when he was like 18 or 19, I believe. Okay. And so, for the most part, we've all been Texas most of our lives. So do you guys get crap sometimes when you go to other places? Like, do people even tease you about, you know, because Texas has this kind of, there's this kind of bizarre perception, at least in the United States, outside of Texas, of what Texas is, which is not even close to what Texas is. (laughs) True. Uh, Well, I I remember this story that happened just before I joined the band in 96, where the band was on tour, and I think they were in Virginia. And they got pulled over by some cops, you know, at you know eleven o'clock at night on the day off. They're driving up the coast to play in New York or something. And the uh, the police officer said, "I see you're Texas plates. So uh, where are the guns?" <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Well, what guns?" They're like, "Where are the guns? We know you have guns. No, we don't have any guns. Where are the drugs? Where are the guns? We know you're from Texas. Where are they?" Wow. Um, so there's been a little bit of that. Should but, write a song know, about that. <laughs> there is a song in there for sure. Uh, but the, the, the being from Texas thing seemed to have changed during the Bush administration. I, I remember, you know, back in the early 90s, people, if you were far away from Texas, they just thought Texas was like the TV show Dallas. Uh-huh. Or they thought we all wore cowboy hats and rode horses all the time. Right. But after, you know, uh, some uh, the Bush presidencies, uh, it, it seemed to take on a different kind of, you know, meaning to people, and I guess they figure we're all conservative rednecks. Or I, I don't really know, but <laughs> especially when you go to England, that you know, Texas seems like a really far away place. Yeah. Uh, to those people, and they have no concept, no real conception of what it is. But you know, it just depends on who you're talking to. Some people, uh, it seems like around the world there is a fascination with Texas. Yeah. But that, like I said, that that kind of uh, their impression of it has changed. And I don't really know what the consensus is now at this point. I don't even know my impression of Texas is it's kind of complex yeah it it's a weird weird mix you know I had um I'd moved out to the west coast when I was in my early 20s and had been out there up until about you know close to four years ago now 
and uh, it was kind of kind of interesting coming back, you know, after being over there. I so imagine because you know, especially leaving, um, you know, South Texas to go first to Seattle in the gosh, what was that? The early nineties, I guess, mid nineties. Uh-huh. Um, you know, South Texas is a thing of its own. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't get out of there quick enough. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, though. You know, you disconnect from it and you get wrapped up in other things. But, you know, when when Kaylee and I talked about, you know, moving back over here, um, it, it, it's, a, it's amazing how many little things that are unique to Texas that you're like, dang, I forgot about that. That's pretty cool. You know, even stuff like, yeah, yeah, like even stuff like, you know, getting a margarita at a restaurant on a patio out in the summer heat, you know, (laughs) Uh just kind of its own unique thing here and kind of cool. Do you miss the West Coast at all? Any any of that, you know, personalities or disposition of the people in those places? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got lots of friends uh, still over there and Kaylee and I fly over there couple times a year and visit with everybody um the uh the atmosphere for the type of work i do um was really great there uh but it, it was a little surprising i thought when when we moved the studio to texas i i thought there would be kind of a disconnect and uh kind of a lack of understanding of what we do and it, it was kind of uh-huh. the, kind of the opposite which was weird um, you know, we've we've been busier here now than than we were when we were doing all that work in L.A. and San Francisco. But uh, wow. but uh, yeah, you know, I think the the great equalizer on a lot of this stuff culturally is the Internet. You know, mm. it, if if I was in San Antonio today versus growing up there in the 80s. Um, it would be a totally different thing because we had, like, even our access to music was, um, uh, what's the name? There's a, a record store. Uh, I can't remember the name now. Um, but there's a record store there. I think they're still there that uh, they always had the the imports. So that, uh-huh. <laughs> that's where you could go find New Wave and punk and all of that and it was like the only place in the whole city where you could find that stuff um imagine it's long gone now huh yeah probably is i can't even remember the name but um you know i you had to dig for culture um you know when i was growing up there whereas now i mean uh everything's so accessible you know through the internet that it's probably not as challenging and I wonder, you know, like part of the thing for, like you, you say, you had to dig for it and find it. When you found something that you really liked, it was extra special because you found it, you know, not your buddy who's telling you about it, who didn't hear it on MTV or whatever. Like you, you, you randomly found that artist. Yeah. And, I, you know, it forged a permanent special connection uh, with, with us then. And I wonder if, if younger kids get the same kind of thing out of music because really it's just somebody's probably sending them a link to YouTube. No. I'm not saying they don't connect with music, but it's probably not a, a, as much of a personal connection. Yeah, I, I I don't think so. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this a few months back and we were talking about, you know, when, when we kind of came of age, it was right at that point where vinyl was starting, you know, to be replaced by cassettes and then eventually CDs. But... When you actually got a record, 
And, you know, we, we were very broke growing up, so we would go down to the, the flea market and, you know, flip through records. But when you'd find, like, a really cool record and it had all the liner notes and all, yeah. the, all the artwork and, you know, you'd, you'd really only see one photo of the band, which was, you know, usually on the inside or something. And it, I don't know, it, it, there was an intimacy with that, I think, that's lost now because of everything being it's so true. available you know the way i pers- the way i listen to music is totally different you know i i, I was just like yeah, i think we all were back in that time you get the album you put it on the ground on the floor and you kind of stare at it while you listen to the music and you uh-huh. pull over the line of notes and like you said you get that one photo so you kind of have to draw all the background you know background stories in your mind about what this band yeah. is from where they come from what they're about between the photo and the music you hear but i and i think that i'm probably like a lot of the younger kids these days like you know these days i just need the song really is about all i all i consume i'll glance at the album but it's really it's a tiny little jpeg you know yeah it's just like an identifier now you know it is it's like an emblem a little icon yeah uh, which is a shame i mean certainly the 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 lost art of uh album art is gone and we, you, know, we, well, you know the cool thing about this new Tony's album is we're, we're doing it on vinyl and because of the amount of songs we have it's going to be a double album oh cool okay but we're we're still don't have it's not a double gatefold open up the giant pictures in the uh. middle it's basically just a, you know it's a single sleeve um, so that's kind of a good and a bad thing there well I don't have a record player anymore but I'm going to get that on vinyl Oh, good. It'll look yeah. nice, you know, all uh, all bright and shiny on the cover. Yeah, man. So th- this leads to another thing, since we're talking about music, that um, I kind of thought was hilarious and weird all at the same time, is um, when, when I, Kaylee and I went and saw you guys, and we were backstage at your show at DLA, Dia de los Todis in Fort Worth, um, you and I started talking and realized that my my brother and I had this really um, kind of like makeshift concept band um, in Austin back in the late eighties and um, and when we started talking about it, you you had something interesting to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember asking like, did you play music? Because yeah, I, I like to ask people that, and I'm surprised by the number of people that never had any music in their lives. You said, yeah, I did have a band, you know, in the eighties. What was the name of that band? You told me the band was called Napoleon Solo, and it yeah. immediately took back and, and put this. There was this. <laughs> I had this ongoing relationship with your band just through <laughs> the flyers you put up around town. Hundreds of thousands of them, I think. <laughs> there were tons of them. There were, but there were there was something there in the images, and they were they were they were kind of cool and evolved for a flyer. And there was people doing really cool flyers in the eighties. Uh-huh. I remember there was a big scene around Dallas people doing cool stuff. Uh-huh. But I had just moved to Austin. I was eighteen, and you know, it's kind of a time when you're looking around the world, going, "What are the things that I like?" Right. And was something about these flyers drew me in and I think maybe at first I was mad I was like look they're everywhere they don't even say anything but the band name what is the problem but, you know as it continued on it continued on and they kept coming out and they were cool looking flyers and they were kind of uh, uh, mysterious there's definitely some mystery about the whole campaign uh-huh. and then one day some posters showed up and they had a date on it that was the first time before it had only been the name and these, these interesting images 
then it said Cave Club, uh-huh. like Thursday, July 8th. And I was like, well, now I got to go. I've been looking at these flyers for months now. I've got to find out what this band was like. And I think I went down to the show by myself and saw your band play in 1987. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's pretty cool for, you know, because like I said, I was half mad at you <laughs> for, you know, leading me on this mysterious journey to, to try to understand what, what, what is this campaign about? <laughs> uh, but it, I think that the, the real interesting thing, though, is that I responded to your art in 1987, and I responded to your art again uh, this past, you know, a year ago. Can I, can I get into briefly how I found you last yeah. year? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my girl and I watch a lot of documentaries. I, I, I just find that documentaries are infinitely more entertaining than almost any scripted movie because it's real life. It's real right. people and real humanity. So we watched the Sign Painters documentary, and, uh, and somewhere in there, you know, in the midst of all this, your work, that your your the font on your truck. Or, I'm sorry, it's not a font. It's not a font. <laughs> there you so go. The the sign, the work you did on your truck was beautiful, and it's just in the background of your interview. But anyway, like it, it's so strong and bold that it kind of like it it locks something in the back of my brain. It wasn't until a couple of days later that I was listening to some mixes for our album, and those the texture, the shiny, the black, and the strong, and the emblematic feel of, of your work you know kind of made a connection with me to the music that i was listening to that we had been working on uh-huh. and so i thought well i started to put together a pitch for the band because i'd already been in the spot where the other three guys the band had an idea for the artwork that they were already they all fully loved uh-huh. and for whatever reason i wasn't seeing it or feeling it so i had to kind of like try to convince them that this was the way to go uh to to do something with with you or your art and when i looked you up and found that you were actually in texas and then in denton just like you know 30 minutes away from where we rehearse Uh it you know it all just made it made perfect sense and i think that was one of the things that helped convince the band that it was that it needed to happen it just all fell right into place awesome well i i like i said i'm really uh I'm I'm honored that you guys uh, sought me out to to do it. It was a, a really cool thing to work on, um, you know. And uh, Nathaniel Day, uh, the filmmakers, uh, working on that final edits now of the kind of the behind the scenes making of the cover thing. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does with that. Oh, I'd like to see that too. Yeah. How long did you spend working on that? Uh I think the I I think it was over fifty man hours, start to finish. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's not counting the design. So probably another, you know, dozen hours or more in building out the design and concept and everything. Well, we haven't actually talked about. You know, could you tell me like what the uh, you know what was your actual approach to it? Like how you know what is, what does that style come from that you use on the cover of our Album. Well, uh, what I what I was really shooting for was to combine something that looked like not only genuinely old, but had you know all of the the type style and the decorative elements and everything to have all of that look legit, and at the same time uh, try to capture Texas in all that. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. And um, so, you know, that's uh, some of the textural stuff, like the wood background and, and that kind of thing, pulls in a little bit of the Texas. But, you know, I was just trying to... I More than anything, I was trying to picture, like, if you came across this thing sitting in like the back of an old warehouse in downtown Dallas and it was you know years ago part of the storefront or something what would that look yeah. like you know and that's what I tried to reproduce <laughs> and that's really why I think it's so on point with the music is because these are not new songs these are old songs you know that we have kind of dug up from 20 years ago mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of like dusted them off and dressed them up so, you know, I really feel like the, the artwork for the cover is just absolutely perfect for what's inside. Awesome. Well, I, I was really pleased with everyone's reaction. You know, it's, it, it's a crazy thing. I've been doing this over 25 years, and I'm still like this very childlike nervous wreck when I have to, like, <laughs> show, you know, the customer what I've done. Um, so yeah, I was I was pretty nervous when you guys all came in the studio here in Denison to <laughs> to scope it out. Just like you know, what if they think it sucks? And oh man, no way! But uh, definitely good reactions all the way around. So I felt good about it. Oh yeah, and everything we've heard from people who've seen it, they really like it. Cool, good deal. It's gonna look super cool when it's up on vinyl in the record store. It's really just gonna like shout from the record stands. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that. That's for sure. So, well, this is cool. I know you're a busy dude, and you got your whole touring thing, like you're in the thick of it right now, so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to chat with me on my tiny little podcast. Sean, we are so appreciative of you. I mean, that is a lot of work you put in for us. You know, we are beside ourselves that you agreed to do it and turned in something so amazing for us. So whatever we can do to show our appreciation, we pay you. We're happy to do. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I, I appreciate you expressing that. Um, sometimes I think there's there's clients floating out there that, you know, because they never reacted strongly, I'm still a little insecure about it. So it's always nice to hear, oh. you know. So. Well, yeah, you know, the, the, the album cover is amazing. Everybody loves it. Everybody, you know, the band, like I said, that they had kind of been sold on another idea that they, were, they kind of came up with. And so to, to get that reaction from those guys, you know, as rewarding as it was for you, it was also rewarding for me and tells me that we did the right thing. Well, good. I'm, I, I'm yeah. excited. Um, I would love to be there for the uh, official release party, but we've got this Ireland thing that's come up that uh, got to go to because that's pretty amazing too. So. Oh, that would be cool. What is it? That's in Limerick? It's in Limerick, Ireland, um, and there'll be uh, a group of us, um, a mix and match of American and Irish sign painters and some others from Europe who've now committed to coming, and they're going to screen the movie sign painters and have me do some kind of Q&A thing. Um, I'm going to be doing podcast interviews over there, and uh, they've teamed us up with the band the cranberries so i've designed a piece of artwork um for them and the uh, group of us are going to get together and execute the piece which will be huge so oh wow you can execute it while you're there yeah yeah so it'll be basically like a huge mural piece um uh that i designed that we're all going to jump in and 
drink lots of Guinness and execute while we're there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, then, you know what? I think we're going to be playing a... Our plan is to do a formal heretic show in Dallas later in the year or maybe early next year. So I'll keep in touch with you and maybe we can uh, have you down for that. I'd love, oh, love to see you in Kaylee again. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be cool. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk, uh, as, I guess, as we get closer to the album release. And uh, we'll stay in touch. But have a good trip. If I don't talk to you before your trip to Ireland, and thanks right. for having me on the podcast. I'm honored. Thank you, Clark. All right, talk to you soon, Sean. Okay, bye. Bye bye. So there we go. Thank you, Clark, for taking the time out of your busy tour schedule to uh, be on my show, and uh, appreciate uh, uh, you guys having me work on the album cover for for your album. That's a pretty big honor, and I appreciate that a lot. So. Uh, when you guys are uh, looking for something to listen to in the month of September, look up Toadie's album Heretics and, uh, and give it a spin. I think you'll enjoy it. So that's it for this week. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be talking with another sign painter over in Ireland, uh, someone we haven't interviewed before. So um, stay tuned for that. We'll see you next week. in Dallas, Texas. You can find licensed apparel of Sean Starr's original designs at BigDSpeedShop.com. The show is also brought to you by Full City Rooster Coffee Roasters, makers of the Sign Painters Blend. Coffee that Sean drinks in the studio every day. Now shipping worldwide, FullCityRooster.com. with a sign painter hosted by Sean Starr. You can find all sorts of info about the show and sign painting, including previous episodes at our website, seanstar.com. Oh, 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 o